You are listening to the Permission to Burn Your Manual podcast. I am your host, Kathy Whaley, MD, physician and life coach. Do you want to live the life you choose? A life that is by design rather than by default? Well, that path to the life you choose is uniquely yours, and it's filled with limitless potential. So join me and burn your manual. This book that defines our expectations of self, but also holds us back. Together, we will forge, innovate, and refine as we go along. Hello, my tribe. Welcome back for the second episode of Permission to Burn Your Manual. I'm your host, Kathy Whaley, MD. Today, I want to talk about the question, who are you? So, I'm going to tell you how I would have answered this question two years ago and how I would answer it today. So, if you had asked me two years ago, who are you, I would have said, I'm a doctor, I'm a mom, I'm a hospice and palliative care physician. I'm an administrator, I'm a daughter, I'm a wife, I'm a patient, and frankly the list would go on and on. So here's what's interesting about that, all the things I just said are roles. But as a society, when we are asked, who are you? we've sort of become conditioned to identify ourselves through roles. When does that become a problem? It becomes a problem any time one of those roles changes. Because when the roles change, then you feel a loss of identity. So if I were to answer the question now, I would be looking at those roles and thinking, who am I at my core? Who am I? In those roles, what am I bringing to the table? And right now I would be saying, well, I'm, I'm a believer. I can do hard things. I'm a leader. I relate well when someone is suffering and I understand how to support grief and loss. I'm nurturing. And the list goes on and on. So now, second question. If you've done that thinking and you've really gone to the root of what do those roles mean to me? Now I want to ask you to answer the question, who am I? Where do you go? Do you go to the past, the present, or the future? And I'm going to tell you, most people go to the past with a little bit of present and no future. I don't inherently object to the idea that the past creates some identity for us, but 
I do think that if we're only using the past to define our identity and roles, we're really restricting ourselves, right? So in the past, I could say that I've done hard things. Becoming a doctor was a very hard thing. I absolutely could use that experience to say, I'm a person who can do hard things. I don't have a problem with that. But here's where I do have a problem. It's sort of like the manual. I mean, really, this is a part of the manual. When you use the past and create your identity, that's what goes in your manual. And how do you know what you're capable of if you're always defining yourself by the past? So, here is my challenge for this day. I want you to list who you are. Go for it. And I want you to think whether you're using the past to define it or not. And odds are you will be. But again, then I want you to move from that list and decide who do I want to be in the future. Future hasn't happened yet. Past has already happened. It can't be changed. But if we burned the manual and said, it doesn't always have to be this way, or I want to be X, Y, Z, then again, we have limitless potential. So, you know you're living in the past if you're saying things like, well, I mean, that's just how it always is. I've had this my entire life. So, Evidence from your past is not evidence for your future. So, who are you? Who would you be without your manual, without the evidence of the past deciding who you're going to be in the future? Who do you want to become? And you can make a top five, okay? But this gets down to really identifying, number one, who you are at your core, whether some of that you actually want to keep, and what you actually want to change or work on. Now, There are going to be some naysayers out there, fully aware, and I'm talking to you. Let's focus on the past for a moment, because the past is done, it's over, we can't change what actually happened, the facts about the event, but we can often go back and edit what we make it mean. So for example, Let's say that someone failed one of their step exams in medical school. 
And it's possible that that person has made that mean. I'm not as smart as my peers. I won't be as good of a doctor as my peers. But even today, even though it's already happened, we can still look back on that and see how we're using it to define ourselves, right? How we use it to define ourselves is truly optional. There are lots of options. Another person could take the exact same circumstance of failing one of those exams and say, I can do hard things. In the face of adversity, I persevere. Both of those ideas have very different tones. How do we know which is true? It really comes down to which thought is more serving to you. We can never prove my peers are smarter than I am unless we actually go and do some very controlled testing that proves one or the other. But you know, if you believe it, if you decide that that must be the truth, it's as good as ingrained in you, whether you have evidence to support it or not. I give that example to challenge you to think about the ways that you're identifying yourself based on the past and ask yourself if you have chosen the narrative that actually serves you. Because it can always be revised. We can't change the actual circumstance, what's happened, but we can always revise what we make that mean. So if I'm having to choose between thinking my peers are smarter than I am versus I can do hard things and I persevere, I'm going to go with the I can do hard things because those are empowering thoughts. Those are thoughts that would create a feeling of empowerment for me. So why wouldn't I go with those? Those are more serving. We assume that the default thoughts that our brains give are true because it's the thought that pops out naturally. But I would argue, and science would back this, that the thoughts you have as your natural first path only reflect the circuits in your brain that have gotten the most use. So when we attempt to change our thoughts, and I'm going to talk about thoughts a lot in a future podcast episode, but if we are attempting to change our thoughts, our brain is going to keep giving us the thought that we have the strongest circuit for, okay? And so because it keeps popping into our head, we're like, oh my God, it must be true. 
But it has nothing to do with truth. It has to do with brain function. So if you want to pivot to a more serving thought about a past event, here's what is required. Number one, you have to recognize that the thought you have about the past event is just that. It's a thought and not necessarily a fact. Then you have to decide if it's a serving thought or not. And if it's not a serving thought, you then have to evaluate what other thoughts could also be true and which do I want to cultivate in my brain. And then when your brain keeps throwing up the thought that isn't serving, that's the moment that you just sort of observe the thought, but you've already decided, like, this is not the one I'm going to make my truth. So you observe it, you allow it, but you're offering yourself the alternative thought, right? So every time that my brain is telling me I'm not as smart as so-and-so, I can observe that, but I can also shift to the, but I am great at doing hard things. So circling back to the first episode, I asked you, who would you be if you cared for yourself, if you offered yourself self-compassion, etc.? But now I'm just going to ask you, who do you want to be? Who is your future self? And if it hasn't come to light yet, I'm just going to be really explicit in saying anyone that you want to be. The world truly is your oyster. It is yours for the taking in terms of who you want to be and how you identify yourself. But it's a tool that you won't use until you really see that it's available to you. So now I'm going to tell you why I have chosen this as the second podcast episode and why I feel this is so important. So in my manual, it was written in big, bold letters at the top, doctor, right? And when I hit rock bottom and just really hated my job and did not want to be a doctor anymore, it was absolutely earth-shattering. I was shattered two years ago. And it was largely because I was asking myself, I mean, who, who am I if I'm not a doctor? My identity was so wrapped up in the role of being a doctor more than anything else, more than being a mom, wife, doctor was number one in identity. Because doctor was so wrapped up in my identity, I was so resistant to the idea of change. Because burning that down meant I, 
I just wasn't, right? I mean, I just felt like my entire existence was rooted in that role. But that was bullshit. And I've learned that that's bullshit. So when I really looked at who am I as a doctor, what does that mean to me? It was really about I care about people's health. I'm a healer. I'm a servant to the public and not in a negative way, right? Like not servant as in slave. It's not what I mean. I just mean I felt compelled to take care of the greater population. So I was a caretaker. I, as a hospice and palliative care doctor, supported people in grief and loss. I was a thinker. I was a learner. One of my favorite things about being a doctor was the fact that science is always changing. The information is always changing. So you always have something new to learn. But the interesting thing about that is I wasn't learning anything but medicine. I had long ago sort of shut down and stopped reading about new things because I had really clamped down on this identity of being a doctor. And so I was basically riding in one lane. I mean, it's like the freeway that only goes straight and never curves. So there came a point very early on in the pandemic where I had to actively separate my identity from that role. And it was like peeling back the tentacles of an octopus off of me. It was so hard. But what I was left with was the realization that all those things I just listed, healer, thinker, learner, caretaker, yada yada, even if I chose to not be a doctor tomorrow, I would still be all of those things. And therefore, there really was no reason for an identity crisis if I decided to leave the role of doctor. The core of who I am would remain and I could modify it, remove or add to as I wanted to. But who I was at my core was always in my control and had nothing to do with being a doctor. Realizing that my identity didn't have to be attached to the role then made a lot of room for me to pursue other things because it didn't feel like an either or choice.
So I started learning about real estate. I decided to go for coaching certification. I started reading books that I never would historically read because they were frankly just too much of a heavy read. And I was so focused on the doctor part and how much stress and strain it was bringing to my life that all of my time was spent trying to figure out how to get out. So here we are again. I'm going to ask you again. Who are you? Who do you want to be? It really is that simple. And it's easy to get overwhelmed at the idea of where you're starting versus where you want to be, right? Who you think you are now versus who you want to be down the line. I get it. But being overwhelmed doesn't propel you forward. And you don't have to have a roadmap to become the person that you want to be. Now, if you're in the healthcare profession, you're sort of used to doing hard things with a roadmap, right? Because you go through medical school or you go through nursing school and there are people who have come before you and you always talk to them and try to find out what to expect. So don't get me wrong. I understand that this is unsettling because there isn't a roadmap. But each one of us can get there with a general idea. As my husband would call, use the force, right? My husband's driving in the car, doesn't get the directions. He's just like, oh no, I have a general idea. I'll use the force. And we get there sometimes with a slight detour. So the same with becoming the person you want to be, letting your authentic self out or reinventing who your authentic self is, it's all the same. Once you know what you're shooting for, you have a general idea, you have a general direction. And within each one of you is the force to get you there. Wherever you are, whatever is happening for you, you are not in this alone. I am rooting for you and I will root for you every week. Until next time, my tribe. Are you ready? to start making progress, forging the path to the life you choose? Well, visit me at freedomforphysicians.com. Here you will find free resources and guides for any healthcare professional ready to get started. As always, I'd love to hear from you, so don't hesitate to reach out.